Welcome to the WNBA Show podcast brought to you by the 265 Media Podcast Network. I am Daniel Artest, the founder of 265 Media, and y'all know I have my brother with me, Kevin K. Lewis. Yo, K. what's going on with you, man? We ain't talked since we did our um our list podcast when we were talking about top 25 WNBA players of all time, man. What you been up to, brother? Everything's good, man. You know, it's every it's an everyday grind. You know, I forgot what you said to me earlier, but I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that quote. You know what I'm saying? We gotta put that on a shirt. You know what I mean? But you know, everything's all good, and I'm excited for this one, man. We got oh my goodness, we got so many great special guests, and I just can't wait to get started. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and um, yeah, we do have a special guest today. But before I get into that, I want to introduce you know what I mean the world to our special guest co-host and i hope i'm gonna say her name right you know y'all be crazy with these names and stuff like that because i'm used to saying it in one way and then i'm like oh no it's not said that way so we got erica uh yala with us on the wnba show podcast hey erica how you doing it's actually nice to meet you finally uh for the second time actually but you know first one was an impromptu one when you had your show on spotify and then now you know we here i think that we had so so much chemistry I was like, I gotta get her on the show. And I'm good. I'm glad that you're here. So I was like, Kate, i make it happen. And he did. So thank you. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah, we had a good time on that Spotify green room. That's really been a dope place. I know that um, you know, Clubhouse has been a, a pretty cool place. And Christina Williams, we've seen what she's been able to do on Clubhouse. Now she's over on Spotify Green Room. But what I like about Spotify Green Room is that you can also get people in the chat. So that's how you really make it an interactive activity. And, you know, I've just been on there doing my little halftime huddles live at the game sometimes or watching games at home. And it's just a fun way to engage fans. So I'm glad y'all rolled through and invited me on here today. Yeah, yeah definitely. Now, me and KDOT, man, we always want to search to add, you know what I mean, a third person or what we say, a third player, you know what I mean, to this podcast. And we, we, we actually want a woman to come you know, shooting the gym with us, you know, as we talk WNBA basketball, you know, W two guys, you know, we love basketball and stuff, but the seat for the head of this table right here is made for a woman, man. So we've been looking and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm glad that you was able to come over here, hold it down and, and, and guest host with us and everything, you know, um, you know, you do a lot. You're a podcaster for Locked On Women's Basketball, sports writer, you know what I mean? The creator of Black Rosie. Hey, you know let's what I'm go. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, we thankful and stuff. And y'all got to make some merch for the big and tall people, man. You know what I'm saying? I'll be trying to, I, I want to support, you know what I'm saying? But it's hard. Got you. Thank Enough you. said. I'm going to hit up, I'm going to hit up the folks at Power Forward. We're going to make that happen because yes, you're right. Yes, you're yes. absolutely right. Thank you. Yes. Yes. We, we, I want to, I want to wear everything. I'll be like, I'll be looking on the websites and I'm just like, come on. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe, maybe y'all motivating me like, all right, get in the gym and, 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 and stuff like that. <laughs> I lost like about like 46 pounds since April. So I've been, okay. I've been grinding. <laughs> all right. You better do it. I mean, do what's good for you. That's how, that's what it is. But if you, if you feeling good, looking good, then you're going to do good. That's what they say. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, um, all right. So I guess we'll, we'll, we'll tap in, um, talk about Real quick, uh, Drew Lloyd, uh, we'll just go random or whatever. Um, you know, Drew Lloyd, 37 points, 22 in the, in the, in the third quarter. And really, literally, she had 22 in five minutes and 38 seconds and stuff. So, Erica, like, like what's, what's your thoughts on Jewel? Because, you know, the, the, the talk around, you know, social media about Jewel is that 
she needs to be on her own team. She needs to, you know, captain her own ship and stuff like that. So, like, well, what's your thoughts, like, when you hear that? And do you think that, like, that's something that she should do when she, because she has a free agency coming up in 2022. So, like, what's your thoughts on that one? Well, I think it's interesting. I think Jewel Lloyd, as would anyone that plays the guard position um, or aspires to have any skills at guard, you're going to learn a lot when you play with Sue Bird, regardless, like, Let's just keep it 100%. So I think for Jewel, what has been great, and, you know, we we know we saw some of this with her at Notre Dame, but um, she has been able to really refine her leadership. And as far as her needing her own team, I mean, she's with Seattle now. If I'm Seattle, I'm not not letting Jewel Lloyd go. Um, And they might not have to. Sue Bird is uh, closer to retirement than she is to her early days. That's a given. And, um, you know, I think even if Sue Bird doesn't retire, there'll be a time where I think Seattle could run through Jewel Lloyd. Now, if that's not what Seattle wants to do, then sure. Um, I can think of a team on the East Coast that could benefit from a few strong veteran guards with championship experience. Um, you know, but that's just, that's, that's me, you know, trying to get in my New York Liberty talk real quick, but, um, yeah, I think it's interesting, um, with Jewel Lloyd, she's just shown that she can have a dynamic game. She can take over a game, you know, she's the gold Mamba and, um, she's shown over the last two seasons in particular, how integral she is to the success of the Seattle storm right now. So her getting her own team, I'm down for it. I see a future where Seattle is that team, but if not, I mean, listen, free agency is hot these days in the WNBA, not just coming from the player side, like a player like Jewel Lloyd, who's going to really be close, um, keep a team close to that max, especially as she gets to more veteran status, but also you see GMs having to make really tough decisions to keep within that salary cap. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's gonna be a lot of tough decisions. And and this is why like me and KDOT, we always preach expansion. If you don't mm-hmm. wanna expand, expand the teams to different cities, you gotta at least have 15 players on this roster, you know, you know, because it's just crazy, like just how like, some a lot of players got cut not because of lack of skill, but you know the money situation that, that that's going on and stuff. And I really hope that um you know they, they fix this. And I mean they can literally just fix it over the over this off season right here and be like, all right, we're going to give everybody you know three more players to add on and stuff like that, and just and just have this you know these players play and stuff. There's a lot of players that's missing out that's on the cusp of making the WNBA roster. But due to they can't have 13 players, they can only have 12, you know, they'd be, they be left out and everything. You know, it's just, it's just sad. I think what's, it is sad. And I think what's interesting is that, um, you know, a lot of people talk about team expansion. A lot of people talk about, um, you know, that there's, there's a, a W team, WNBA team out there that, you know, has been cut. I think. I like the idea of expansion of the roster size better. So putting aside the people that are not in the league right now, that could be competitive. Um, you also see that um, travel um, accommodations and even the location um, have been massive issues for the WNBA and I, I, un, unsolicited. I was 
um, waiting for a, a shoot around rely, uh, availability, reliability, what availability. And, um, a GM just started talking about what they think will be a problem for next year, looking at the schedule and lots of back-to-backs, lots of coast to coast travel. So if you expand the roster, you mitigate some of the grievances that athletes have already been talking about. So I think we're way overdue for the roster size expansion. Um, and then if team expansion comes, but I agree, get it done in the off season, all these sponsors coming in, find the money. And uh, that's what I'd like to see. Yeah, most definitely. I, I would like to see that too. And um, I know we're going to, we're going to talk about that further along the show, but our uh, special guest just came in, um, former uh, Hooper at Georgetown Turn Sports Analyst, who just uh, recently debated a show this past Saturday called Beyond Limits, where they talk to Black athletes who play sports where they're in the minority. And you can catch that show on CBS Sports and on Paramount Plus. And she also has a, a podcast called Board, I mean, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with King McClure. And you can also catch her on various shows on ESPN. We are very, very honored to introduce the great Monica McNutt to the WNBA Show podcast. Hello, Monica. How are you doing? Thank you for taking the time with us. What's up, people? Thanks for having me. Hey, Erica. Hey, girl. <laughs> oh, good to be here. I apologize. I was running a little bit behind. Oh, no, no problem at all. We was just getting it started and everything and stuff. So, like, you know, how you been? Congratulations on all your success. Like, um, I've seen a video of you, you know, basically saying, like, I want to say about 2018, where you was basically like going about to be a teacher or something like that until like, you know, this media thing, you know, kicked off for you. So like, how has it been from, you know, that point to like right now where you at? Oh, man. Um, You know, it's funny because I was telling a friend, I feel like that video was a little bit fraudulent in that (laughs) it took 10 years to make that year. And I don't want people to think that this happened in a year. Um, That would be disingenuous to myself, to the people that have supported with me, the people that have been with me in the trenches and through the mud. Um, And I would just be selling smoke. Like, that's not how it works. You got to put it in a time. And that's a good point you made because I did see like your your reels and stuff when I was doing my research. And, you know, you actually like just literally just doing the news news, you know, Uh at the desk and stuff like that. So now I definitely understand, you know, where you was coming from. And thanks for, you know, clearing that up for for everything, for everybody. Yeah, I've been thinking about doing a post to just kind of address that, um, but, you know, life and being busy. But I, I definitely need folks to know. And and even, like, talking to my younger self, I thought that it could happen in a year at that age. Baby, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, def- it's definitely uh, a grind and stuff. So um, just want to just, you know, tap in with you for a little bit. Like, let's talk about the, you know, WNBA regular season. Like, you know, from your perspective, I know that, you know, you're, you know, tapped into various, you know, <laughs> you know, teams and everything like that, doing what you're doing. So, so like, how have you, like, you know, enjoyed this season? Um, this season's been great. This is a uh, different role for me, kind of anchoring some of the national broadcasts on ESPN and ABC. Um, I had a front row seat to the Connecticut Sun, number one seed, as we all know. Like, that's been incredible. Um, I just, I'm, I'm kind of with Erica. I caught the tail end of her segments in terms of the audience. I think to see the audience expanding and not feel like, to a degree, it is still niche, but to feel like this thing is becoming more and more mainstream, I'm super proud of that. 
Um, I know I've said this since I joined Around the Horn, when I get to show up and if we break it all down to the bare bones, the root of how I ended up there is covering women's basketball, being a former, former women's basketball athlete, that makes me proud because I'm sitting up there with people that have made careers out of covering NFL, NBA, Olympic sports, whatever it may be, and we're still having the same conversation. So I'm just thrilled about the growth um, and how about how many people are interested, enthusiastic, and consuming. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Erica, you want got anything you want to add? You want to talk about? Uh, oh, I mean, like Monica, and I we could cut it, we could cut it up out here, chop it up, and just be like, I don't know, it could go in any direction. You know, she'd be on the broadcast spelling things, and I don't know what is happening. But I'll forget about is, the Krispy Kreme. Yeah, Krispy Kreme. <laughs> listen, listen, not the Krispy Kreme. But there is something actually, Monica, while I have you, that I absolutely loved that you pointed out on the broadcast. And honestly, I think people are maybe misinterpreting. And that's this concept of pace, particularly when it comes to the Connecticut Sun. Because I have people, you know, for those who don't know, AT is like, her pace is run through brick wall, like, or, or off day, like, that's it, like, then like that that's all we got and so there was a concern about bringing Alyssa Thomas back into the fold right before the playoffs and how that would impact a team like Connecticut that over the season had been really wanting to I would say control their pace not necessarily slow down their pace and I loved that the last two games you were really breaking this down so I would love to maybe have that conversation about pace I love that, Erica, and I want to make sure I get the quote right from um, Kurt in one of our presses, press, press, pregame pressers. Um, his statement was push early and be intent late. And so when you watch the Connecticut Sun in terms of pace, it's not transition necessarily. Now, they're not going to pass up an easy bucket, but they get down the floor. There's a certain cadence to what they do. Mm -hmm. There are not too many reckless dribbles. Everything they do has a purpose. It is deliberate. When you finally see Breon or Jazz or Tisha go off the bounce off that top screen, like they're getting into the paint to either find that roller for themselves to score or occasionally they'll kick and find a three-point shooter. And so um, with that group, even for Alyssa, as she's come back in the last two games, that brick wall is, okay, brick wall pace, through a brick wall, set this screen, boom, stop, then I'm cutting brick wall pace again, right? And so her ability to stop and start and understand um, just at a high basketball IQ makes it work for her. So with Connecticut in particular, especially when Jazz and Breon are on the floor, it's difficult to speed them up. Correct. Correct. And that's why I loved that you were talking about that in that Liberty game, because mm -hmm. a lot of people were noticing that that pace was, that was, that was an entertaining pace. That was a good pace. And New York was doing okay for a little bit there. And people were like, dang, I wish Connecticut would slow down. I was like, no, nah, baby, Connecticut is good. New York needs to slow down. Mm -hmm. I was like, because Connecticut can run and they'll pick up the pace and they'll get New York, that young New York team, they'll get them to a frantic state. And that's exactly what we ended up seeing. Yeah, so speed kills, right? Like, okay, you want to run? Okay, wait till we run with this deliberateness added to it. So um, yeah, and that's, that's ultimately what happened. New York tired themselves out and they're like, okay, well, you want to go half court again? Let's get these four passes and pick and roll in the pocket. <laughs> Correct. And that's the growth that needs to happen with New York. We know that wild circumstances happened and they ended up getting into the playoffs, but that, that game against Connecticut 
and then take that game against Washington. And that's the, the duality right now of this New York Liberty team. They need to be able to find a way to control the pace. And, and just like Connecticut was doing, right, with intentionality and be intentional, be able to, to navigate and control that pace. New York doesn't have that right now. And they are a team that's young and can run, but do they need to? And that's the difference. And that's why I love that you've been talking about it, because that's the difference that Kurt Miller has been instilling in the Connecticut Sun. And I think it's not just Kurt, but when I think of the personnel, Erica, there is so much experience on that Connecticut Sun squad. And, and Coach Peck and I were talking about this in the studio. It's wild to me that for as great a player as Dewana Bonner is, she's sort of this unsung element of that mm-hmm. squad, right? Like there's, while the ball doesn't stick for Connecticut, there also is a level of poise and versatility to each of their perimeter players' games where they can trust whether I make this pass or not, if it comes back to me with the shot clock winding down, particularly DB, I can get a bucket off. When I watch New York, I see uh, what Jazz, Benaja, uh, Sabrina in particular, I can get a bucket off the bounce, right? I don't know that I trust this swing swing to come back and I'm going to have the same advantage. So. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, when I see them going up and down, it's like, all right, first easy bucket and transition, which is fine. That's how we played in college. I'm a fan of that. But even in that half court set, it's kind of like, oh, but I got this matchup here and now. Boom, let me go. And that's why they look so sped up consistently. And it turns into sometimes some of that frantic energy that doesn't necessarily go well. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I'm glad that you mentioned Dewana Bonner because D and K. Dot, we were talking about that earlier, right? Who are the players? that don't necessarily get the shine. And Dewana is definitely a player that can anchor a team, even Jasmine Thomas, you know? Like, are we talking about Jasmine Thomas enough, D? Like, are we talking about, uh, like, uh, there's so many players that we could go, especially on that Connecticut team, but I think Dewana is one of those players that not just because she's with Connecticut now, but over her career, who has been uh, a main staple of a, of a winning team, of a competitive team, and yet there are other people on those teams that we defer to when talking about a Phoenix or even now with Connecticut. Yeah, um, Dewana Bonner, man, she's a special player. I used to be a practice player for the uh, Indiana Fever um, some years back and stuff, and like she was um, just one of those players that just stood out because like she can, you know, play perimeter, play in the post, but you know, she's also like, you know, undersized, you know what I mean? But she's just like, she's just so, huh? You mean like thin, not like height. Yeah, but I didn't want, you know. (laughs) You said it, said it well. (laughs) You know, but yeah, like, you know, she's um, a little bit on the, on the um, slim side or or whatever. Um, (laughs) But I'm like the, her, her motor is, her motor is like at an elite level, man. Like she just never stops. And that's why I'd be wondering, I'm like, you know, how she get the points she gets, you know what I mean? She's just always in the right spot at the right time, man. Like she's a really special player and she helps make that team go. Now we know that, you know, John Quell is getting all of the love and stuff like that. I have her as my MVP, best player in the league, everything like that. I don't know about y'all, but you know, um, but Dewana, she's like one of the two X factors, her and um and um Brianna um of that team, man. And that's why I, I think I just have them winning it all this year. You know what I'm saying? Because that team is just so stacked and and, and ready to roll. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, and I definitely agree. I think with uh with Connecticut, 
it's it's one of those things where in the beginning of the season I said without Alyssa Thomas we don't know what's going to go on but they proved otherwise by playing by committee as well with John Quill at the anchor and then you have Dewan of Honor just giving you you know the offense that they need and I think um, with Connecticut they have done such a great job throughout the entire season picking their spots on who they play on certain nights um, to help steer you know, both offensively and defensively because they're one of the top teams, if not the top team um, in the league in defensive rating. So, you know, it's been amazing to see them this year. Um, and they actually proved me wrong. I actually had Connecticut um, kind of on the lower end of the playoffs, probably like in that fourth, fifth spot. Um, but they proved me wrong. And I'm glad that they proved me wrong because like, the way that they've played all year, except for the Commissioner's Cup, they've mm. been amazing. The Commissioner's Cup, uh, well documented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, um, like speaking of the Commission Commissioner's Cup, they got to um, hopefully like next year it would be a bigger extravagant. You know what I mean? And um, I want those players to you know talk about the money that they was going to win and stuff. That's five hundred thousand dollars, man. You know, and um, that's that's a lot of money, especially like you know. Um, in these times and stuff, and especially like, you know, with the W, you know, they need to be paid more and everything like that. Like the money games be the, be, be the best games, man. You know, I'm from New York city. So, and you know, you being from the DMV, you know about the money games too, as well. And stuff like that, you know, like 500 grand. I, I think that they should have talked about it a little bit more, but it was, it, 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 it was cool to watch and everything. And, um, you know, I hope that they, you know, expand on it more, like just make it get more hype and, 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 and generate it around it and everything. We'll see what happens. I appreciate um, Commissioner Engelbert and the uh, decision makers, you know, the, the willingness to try different things. Um, I Chantel Jennings had a chance to chat with her a little bit for her piece today about the playoffs. I personally think it's time to go back to the pre-2016 playoff format. Come on. I think, um, single elimination is cute, right? Like there's urgency, <laughs> but like this isn't college at the same time. Um, and so while I don't anticipate any upsets in our single eliminations that will start on Thursday, I do think that those are matchups that are worthy of a series. Um, and I just, the double buy thing is like, mm, we can do it with one buy. And I do like the reseeding though. I would say keep the reseeding. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's interesting, man. Like when, when I seen it and I was like, they, they think I the team that just go all the way to the final four already. That's it. I was like, dang, man, you know, that's, 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 that was different. I've never, I, I, I didn't know that they, they do the whole, um, you know, double buy. I know, I thought they just did the one buy, but I didn't know that they did the double buy. So it's, it's kind of interesting, um, that they do that. So, um, how often does like a double buy team wins a championship? Is this like, um, like, you know, heavily odd or do, do, do you know anything of the sort? So we're going back to, what is it? The 2017 season would have been the first time. Okay. I believe so. Who I'm trying to think who the champ. So we had 2020 was Seattle. Mm -hmm. They came in as a top, definitely a top four, but probably a top two team. In 2019, it was Washington. Mm -hmm. 2018 was Seattle. And who Minnesota was 27. Oh, there it goes. Okay, Minnesota. So I don't remember where Minnesota was that first year for whatever reason, it's not coming to my mind, but I'm impressed to have them below four for sure. Yeah, no, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think any team below four has ever won a title in this new 
um, format. I definitely agree with Monica. I was not about it. I don't know. I like conferences. I like conference rivalries. I like, con- I mean, we still use the conferences for monthly awards and, and obviously now the commissioner's cup. So it's like, they never really went away, but then they don't mean anything in the playoffs. I, I don't know. I, I I'm a little old school. That's why they call me auntie. So, um, I kinda, I kind of always liked that. I would love to see. I, I also think it's just a lot of teams like y'all know I, I be going to these New York Liberty games. I've been going to these games since 97, but I'm gonna be honest, like the eight seed and the way that eight seed ended up being awarded, like dang, like there were two times where a team had a chance to just win and couldn't get it done. I think that there's, yes, there's a bit of drama. Yes, you get more markets involved, but I think the real drama is when you have teams that are right there neck and neck playing a series, like get us started with a three game series and then build to five and then give us seven, like to end it all. Like, that's what I would love to see. Mm, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I guess Sue was talking about that on JJ Reddick retired today, actually old man in the three. Um, that that eight is too many too, and I hadn't really thought about that. Um, but eight is a lot out of twelve. <laughs> that's like everybody, like it's all of them. <laughs> For sure. But, and I um, I'm with you in terms of the single elimination thing. I think it served its purpose. I'm not so much in on conferences though. I really don't mind just the seating thing. Okay. But I, I remember, you know, when they made those changes, we had seen some really lopsided opening rounds like I understand the thought process and the urgency but I think the talent is growing and the interest is growing and it's time to revisit fair enough um Monica you said earlier there's not going to be no upset so um, what you I think Dallas and Chicago man is kind of you know I think that's kind of interesting on 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 that end and stuff how Dallas you know caught fire at the right time and everything with uh you know with uh, um a and everything and Isabel Harrison, um, you know, playing the way they've been playing and stuff. And Marina Mabry, um, I think that Chicago, if they don't show up, I think that I think that that's the team right there that can get sent home. I, I think the Liberty's done um, when they go up against Phoenix. I'm, I'm not predicting Yay. anything like that, but I think Chicago and Dallas is that game that's going to be tough right there. That, that's going to be the, the, the best one out of the two first round ones. Hello. Um, <laughs> so here's my thing though, D. I trust that Chicago's gonna show up. Like this is the first time they've been this complete and healthy, air quotes knock on wood, heading into the playoffs. And to me, Candace Parker has been the missing link the past two seasons. I mean, Chicago had the heartbreak courtesy of Dierka Hamby and last year they couldn't get healthy. And now they are, like they just don't. The leadership of Candace Parker, but Quigley and Sloot, who are veterans in this league, the um, appreciation for the moment in terms of the opportunity from James Wade, like I just don't see them as a group that's about to squander this opportunity on around one game. And as streaky as they can be, and I loved this for Dallas. I was really curious what, as this group came together, Vicki Johnson at the helm, they've got a lot of young firepower. Um, I don't know about, and I haven't watched a ton of Dallas, so correct me if I'm wrong if y'all have watched them closely, but I don't know so much about their continuity when things get tight. Mm. 
if Arike's having a tough game, nope. <laughs> like if Marina's not hitting, like I just, their resolve when their bread and butter is a little crusty. I'm just concerned about that. Not crusty though. <laughs> Listen, all you need to know is when Dallas and New York were playing, it was like one quarter this way, one quarter that way. I was like, y'all, the fourth quarter is about to be wild. And I mean, it's going to be entertaining, but it might not look pretty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a young, it's another young team. The talent is definitely there. Dallas has not always been healthy. I mean, we have not seen Satsu Sabali uh, consistently this season or last season. She had an injury, came back, and then bow, got a concussion, banging heads with Sue Bird right before the the last playoff push last season in her rookie season. So that's just one example. And as fun and dynamic as Marike, <laughs> Marina Maybury, excuse me, and Arike Ogumboale are, you're absolutely right. They can be a little street. I gotta say they crusty. I gotta say they crusty. Num two not crusty. <laughs> I just said when thing one ain't working. When thing one <laughs> when it needs a little, you know, lubrication. Like I just I just wonder. <laughs> They play with their hearts on their sleeves. And that is, that true. is sure, right? So when they're frustrated, you can see it. When they roll it, you can see it. And Correct. I, the playoffs is a level up in the intensity. It is more of a fishbowl in terms of the eyeballs, the pressure, the whole thing. How are you going to respond? Now, could they respond and do something fantastic? Listen, this is why we play the game. I just Correct. don't. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think what is interesting about Chicago is the Chicago kind of revamp reminds me of or I think it has the potential to be what Connecticut has been doing I think Chicago still lacks some of the consistency and perhaps you know injuries are always tough especially when you have I don't know Candace Parker as one of them but even absent Candace Parker I think that the next step for Chicago is to bake in that consistency because that's what has gotten Connecticut to where they are. Cause I mean, when I was going up there to Mohegan, like Kurt would be like, it's really funny. This is where the disrespect came from because it's like, you know, it's really funny that y'all stay playing us because if you look at the four top teams, we're the only one who's been here consistently in the last handful of years, but y'all stay playing us when it comes to preseason. And he's right. He's absolutely right. Now they had to grind a lot of those years. There was that one year where they hosted Phoenix in a single game elimination. And, you know, someone started clapping at DT and activated the goat. And, you know, then the rest is history. Then that was it for the, they were done done. Connecticut son, done done. So there is that process that Connecticut has had to go through. I think Chicago is going through that. I'm not sold that this is their year overall. Yeah. I think they're much closer. Um, but if there's a team in this league as constructed right now that can give them fits and disrupt their consistency, I do think Dallas is the one that could make it really interesting. Oh. I don't, but is that about Dallas or is that just about Chicago being susceptible to those lows? Like, I just I watched them lose to a Mystic squad without f four people. Like, and they couldn't have no answer for Tina Charles and Natasha Cloud. Like, what you call it comes off the bench? Tori Walker Kimbrough, like, it's buckets. So I don't know. I yeah. think the reservation for me is would be more on Chicago, period, versus the matchup of any young, hungry squad. That's fair. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's, you know, 
who's gonna hide their blemishes better ultimately be and that's what makes this matchup fun is because both of these teams they have the drive they have the talent but the consistency not quite there uh, whether that's because of just building culture with new pieces, with not having some star players healthy. I mean, they all, the, each of those teams has a little bit of that sprinkled in, which is, again, what makes me curious to see. And it's really going to come down to um, who's going to be able to rely on their veterans and rely on their scores. Mm-hmm. And, and they're just going to resolve to not lose. That that's what it takes in the WNBA. You know, it's funny that you say that, Erica, um, in regards to like continuity and, you know, who's going to be able to score, who's going to be able to rely on your veterans, because I want to take it back to the West Coast and talk about the Las Vegas Aces. Mm-hmm. I feel like they they're gelling at the right time. You've seen what happened in the game on Sunday with uh, Kelsey Plum and uh, well, Jackie Young with the putback first off. Um And, you know, with Kelsey Plum, you know, coming in down the stretch, being able to do what she did um, to sustain that win and then park with the, you know, incredible block at the end. um, I really do think that um, Vegas has, you know, found some type of niche coming into the playoffs. So I want to kind of get you guys take on what do you think Las Vegas um, is willing to do as long as to me stay clear away from Connecticut because I feel like Connecticut has been their kryptonite all season long. So what do you guys think about that? Listen, Las Vegas is a a top two team in this league. Um, I think they played that way early on. I think we saw that as we've seen in the last handful of years, to be honest, that they still have to figure out how to adjust when Liz Cambage is in and out of the lineup which for a lot of different reasons has happened over her career. Um, I like Vegas. Now, what I will say is bad boy, Bill, he can like, I like it, but also I just can't, you know, it don't quite curl or whatever. Like he ain't, I don't know. There's something about a billion beer team that I just can't ever put my finger on. And it's, uh, he's, you know, when you see him in game, he seems to have a a pretty laissez-faire approach. He trusts his players. His players feel that he is, you know, a player's type of coach. But I I just, every once in a while, Bill Ambeer, the coach, I'd like to see him do a little bit more button pushing and and placing a little bit more trust in people a little bit earlier. Um, And so that's just overall what I think about Vegas. I think that they have the pieces but I really want to see Bill get fired up and really get into his players to make sure that that continuity, continuity, excuse me, and consistency remains because they are a team that can lose focus. You know, every once in a while, the eyes kind of shift in different directions and I get them back because they're talented, but I just want to see them remain focused, just laser sharp championship mentality a little bit more often. Um, I think for me, Erica, that looks a little bit like, just a smidge more pride on the defensive end. There it is. Bam. That's that's that not quite curl with the Bill Ambeer squads. <laughs> they, like, they can run with anybody, talent-wise, especially when Jackie is hitting shots and, and uh, Plum is in her bag. Like, they can run with anybody. Chelsea Gray, I love a big guard. Don't get on her hip because it's not much you can do with that, whether she's going to lean into you, score, draw contact, or find a teammate with a nasty dish. 
um, they know that they can score with anybody. And so to me, the defensive continuity is a little bit more, yes. maybe that's what we see um, come playoff time. But, you know, the, the Liz Cambage thing is really interesting because there's a crowd of few folks out there who will argue that they play better without her. Hmm. Um, okay, Daniel. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> me. It is me. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> People. I really do understand both, but yeah. I, it does not help like you said, Erica, the ins and outs. Because y'all got we got to figure it out, and it needs to be one way or the other. Um, I had them at Connecticut when Vegas came to Connecticut. The Sun just flat out had their number. Liz was chirping at the crowd. Now, granted, there's history there, all of that. <laughs> little, little bad. Oh my gosh, she's chirping at the crowd. She's out of the game. Um, you know, there. I think we saw. I had the, the week I had, I had the Sparks and I had Vegas and I had the Sparks and there was going into the Sparks game, which was the second game. There was a conversation about fouls and that not getting calls. Mm. I watched Connecticut hold Asia to one of her worst field goal percentage nights and she didn't get to the line either. And so, okay, I understand, but I think Connecticut does a solid job of defending without fouling and that disrupted Vegas. Like they just was, they couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great observations. You're absolutely right. Um, def- I'm a defense part. Like defense is sexy to me, sexy as hell. Like give me some good defense. That's so. That's another thing that you're absolutely right. Connecticut also has that, and it's um, muted. But I think all really great defense is mm-hmm. because ain't nothing happening. Right. That's that's why it's good. <laughs> you can't put the ball in the basket. <laughs> So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That's the that's the Achilles heel, if you will, for Vegas. And I think it's also how are they then to adjust to that? Um, and I mean, we talked about pace earlier. Um, they can try and run on Connecticut if, if we see that head to head, but I mean Connecticut gonna be right there with them. Um, so for sure. Mm. All right, well, um, I know you got to go, Monica. Um, before you go, though, plug in that new show that you got with uh, AJ Ross and stuff. And shout out to AJ. I actually um, met her when I was working security in New York and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> it was like, a, um, I, I got her in the back when other security wasn't trying to get her in the VIP section. I had to show her some love, man. That's my homegirl right there. She always come through and, and show some love. So shout out to AJ, man. She's, she's good people. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's super cool i really enjoy getting to know her and working with her on the project the show is called beyond limits um it is we have three shows this season um i'm not actually sure when episodes two and three air but it's on paramount plus um they are supposed to air around college football programming which is super cool that they gave us such a dope window to tell these stories um so yeah i got that going on i'm heading to bristol thursday morning i'll be hanging out in studio with coach peck around the playoffs up until the finals and then our girl china comes in um and i'm not sure what my role may or may not be but if i get to get some popcorn and just enjoy the game i'm not mad at that either <laughs> so um but thanks for having me guys no problem no problem you're killing man. it sis we proud yeah definitely that's a fact that's a fact be safe be safe all right bye-bye all right, cool. That was uh Monica McNutt, the great Monica McNutt, uh meteoric rise to you know <laughs> she's doing her thing, man. So happy for her, man. You know what I'm killing saying? Killing it. So, yeah, killing it. I did want to bring out the um the when I seen her on um highly questionable with the mint. 
and everybody was killing her. But that was a that was a funny moment. Right there. <laughs> that was really fun. That was really She's funny. hilarious. She yeah, is she hilarious, is. and that's what I appreciate about Monica and her delivery. She knows the game, um, but she knows it so well that she can also have fun with it. And that's important. And she respects the game. She respects the people in the game, but also knows that, hey, this is entertainment. We want to have fun. We want to have a good time. And I really love that. But I'm glad we were able to get in that conversation about pace because, man, she was like, that was a clinic. Okay. Because listen, we got all these advanced stats and whatnot and baka baka ba. And half the time people just be using them and don't even, can't even truly connect them to what we're seeing on the court. And when people, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember when I first got in and I asked, I'm not going to put them on the spot, but I asked the coach, I was like, can you talk about like the pace? And I could tell the coach got offended and they were like, oh, we're like, if you look at our stats, we're top in pace. And, you know, like I'm, I'm, I was new. So I was a little fresh. So I wasn't realizing that he thought I meant the stat pace, but I meant exactly what we were talking about earlier. I meant, how are you controlling the game and pace the statistic? It doesn't, it's not a complete picture of how a team is naturally controlling the game. Because for me, in the truest sense, as a former athlete, Pace is everything from shoving the ball down the other team's throat mm. to slowing slowing it down and eating the clock away. Mm. That's the, all of that is pace. So it's not just how many possessions you're getting; it's about how you are controlling the pace of the game, how you're mm. controlling the possessions. That's what I mean. And 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 so I really just had to I had to get a little geeked out, you know, on, on that. <laughs> that was a good point about pace though. And um, especially when you brought up about the liberty, because me and K Dot, like we've been kind of on the liberty's head a lot, you know what I mean? Like now the liberty, they came out, started out good, then they shot themselves in their own foot, and then Oops. that that them two teams took the gun and shot themselves in the foot, and that's why the liberties are back in the playoffs right now. Nah, but you know, it was always like this. And we've seen Benajah have great games. We've seen, you know, Sabrina's doing her thing, you know what I mean, when she can. But them turnovers was always high. And between wow. them two, they Oof. were getting, they were combining for like 10, 11 turnovers, you know? So you're right about pace and stuff. It's, it's also about, you know, you know, playing smart, especially when you're a guard. And good guards exactly. always win championships. That's, one thing That's that what I'm trying to tell you. Listen, I've been, I, I know I kind of was like, I don't, I don't really always understand Bill Lambeer. And one of the things he would always do is like load up on guards, but never have a true point guard. And I never understood that. So I'm glad he got down with, with, with you know, the point guard. Like, I'm glad, like he finally got himself a, a, a point guard, like a point guard proper. And, and also in that run that they made in the finals, if you hear Kelsey Plum tell it, they were like, oh, you know, she got asked the question like, um, you know, uh, Kelsey, uh, you, your numbers have increased over the past few games. And what do you attribute that to? And she was like, I got the ball in my hands. I got the, I got the ball. Like that's, that, that's what has contributed. I, I have the ball. And sometimes like, I'm just like, Bill, bro, you gotta let your ballers ball. Like, homie, come on, run that, run that through plum. Like, let's go. I'm gonna let's tell go. you something. 
I'm like gonna tell her, you something. Yo. I'm glad that I made the decision on getting her. <laughs> hey, Listen. Thank you for knocking this out the park with getting her on here because like, absolutely, absolutely, and, and and this is this is why you know what I'm saying like this is why the WNBA is so dope because you get to meet new people. This is why covering it is dope. You get to meet new people like you and stuff like that. This this is you're a character. You're interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Auntie Keep It 100%. And uh, I, I want to say this. I know K-Dot, you're going to pop in here, but listen, 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 listen. I'm going to keep it 100%. I'm going to keep it a buck right now. Sometimes New York Liberty faithful, they be a little Pollyanna for my liking. Like you can't say, I've been saying since before Sabrina was drafted, she's not a one. She's not a point guard. So she's not going to, she's not going to be, you know, the 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 goose with the golden egg she not a one we need a point guard she ain't it i got blasted and i was saying that she's too slow for her to keep up with elite guards on offense like and defense like she's easy she, she's easy to guard if her shot's not falling what else can she do if the if her awesome. shot's not falling and if the if the offense isn't and what was a problem when tina was on new york is that she was the gravitational pull and and the the other teams knew that on defense all they had to do was get the ball to tina and then essentially nobody else on offense was gonna move and that was a rap tap tap now you cannot guard the tina charles fatal you got like she gonna make them shots but make her make those shots yes 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 and and everybody else but I could literally be on here for hours breaking down how I feel about the New York Liberty. But Kada, I know he's going to pop in here. <laughs> I just wanted to throw something in there. You mentioned Bill Lambeer and his, he, he's stubborn. And I'm going to tell you mm. why he's stubborn. We go back to those Detroit shock days. He thinks that today's league can kind of mirror or he could gravitate that the Detroit shot team with all of those nice guards who had ball handling capability did not necessarily need an actual point guard. You had a big who is behind the back and was able to be a little versatile and go 12 to 15 feet. Like, no, we don't have that today. We need the point guard. And I think that's what he was thinking about. And I think in the off season, he realized that. And that's why they made the gun and go ahead for Chelsea. And I think that has changed. And not to mention, you already have Kelsey Plum there. With her embracing just having the ball in her hand, whether she starts or comes off the bench, Mm -hmm. that's making it even better. And also the Olympic break has done wonders for the Aces, in my opinion, because Mm -hmm. with Kelsey and Jackie being a part of 3x3, I think it helped them out on the half court side, understanding how to play shell defense and getting um, their dribble, their dribble penetration off very well. So that's what, that's what I wanted to say. I like that. I like that you mentioned that, especially about Jackie. So you've got to remember Jackie Young, also a former number one pick. They got how many, at least three, there might be more. I don't know. Cause you got Jackie Young, right. right. Jackie Young, Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, who was the number one pick with San Antonio when Vicky right. Johnson was the head coach. They played her. That's another story for another day. But she with Dallas now. We're we going to pray for you, Vicky, though. We're going to pray for you. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen. When she's, when she's um, pro uh, 
gold medal loose side. Listen, <laughs> yo, uh-oh. people was dogging. People was dogging Vicky. I was like, come on now, y'all let her be. She said what she said, and she probably told Leash the same thing. But anyway, um, I like what you were saying though. First of all, that Detroit team. If if anyone listening, if y'all don't know what we're talking about, I'm gonna need you to go do some homework because that D, those Detroit teams, Cheryl Ford. Dana Nolan, Swing Cash was up in there. Swing Cash was a young gun. They went worst to first acquiring Swing Cash as a part of the deal. Swin, yo, Swin Cash, like, oh, oh, like you want to talk underrated? She's an anchor for every team she's ever been on and balls hard out of her mind, Mm. out of her mind. That's the type of, of, like, Detroit was not going to lose. Like, Detroit what? Like, they weren't going to lose. And that's that bad boy Bill. That's vintage bad boy Bill. And I think Vegas plays with that as a concept, but has not fully unearthed that within them. But Kelsey Plum is going off. And when she, now she was starting to do it when they made the finals. Then she, she ruptured her Achilles, but she has come back even stronger. And I'm a, I said this on lockdown women's basketball. I'm, I might've went a little rogue. I might've surprised. I might've went a little rogue on my voting because I saw a lot of people had her as sixth player. Um, and I understand that. She's coming off the bench, zero starts this season. But when I looked at her numbers, I felt that most improved was the better category for her. And let me tell you why. She almost doubled doubled her points per game. And she increased her shooting percentage in almost every category from the last season. And so, you know, and they put this little thing in there where you can't vote someone as most improved if they're having a quote unquote comeback. And I was like, Okay, but I'm going to give it to Kelsey Plum anyway, because those numbers show me that she has been the most improved. Because, listen, I am all about Bree Jones. That's my homie. I've been holding her down for years. But if you look at their numbers, Kelsey Plum has has exponentially improved. Mm. Yes, it happens to be that she's coming off of an injury, but the numbers that she's putting up now have her in a whole nother tier of WNBA player. And for me, that's what most improved is really all about. This year is an outlier for her for sure. And everything from what we saw when they did make that run to the finals to now, now that she's on the other side of the injury is telling me that she's now ready mentally, physically, and emotionally to have that continuity, just have that be a part of her game that now mentally she's back to the Kelsey Plum that was a number one draft pick and then got her ankle sprained before she could even make her WNBA debut. Good points, good points. And, um, oh, yeah, real good points. And I just want to add this. Oh, yeah, I just want to add this right quick. I'm sorry. Um, you made a great point because if you look at, and shout out to herhoopstats.com, um, if you look at her value for 2021, her value to the team, if we're talking, if we got to talk advanced stats and analytics and stuff, if you want to talk about it. We look at her value. Her value has spiked 
the winning percentage of the aces when she's in the lineup and actually playing versus when she's out of the lineup and not playing. Mm -hmm. So that helps out tremendously in her favor. And I strongly agree with you on that, Erica. So <laughs> we, we here, we here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of, you know, we talk about ankles and stuff like that. We got to talk about Erica Wheeler real quick because Jesus Christ. Yo, it looked like um, against uh, when uh, Seattle, she actually made, she made a shirt out of it, but it looked like she just had one of her friends on the grassy knoll with the rifle. <laughs> and then like two birds just got done dirty. I'm from New York, Queens, suburbs, hey. Queens, New York to herself. You know what I mean? I was just like, gosh, like Jesus Christ. But then, you know, the Odyssey Sims was, I felt bad for Odyssey Sims. That was a tough one. That was like, tough. Oh, that was oh tough. no. And out of the, out of the picture, yeah. literally out of the no, shot. Like <laughs> Exactly. Cause you know, Sue <laughs> fell hard and, but Odyssey just got, uh, I was just like, man, good moves though. Good moves. Good moves, good moves. I think what's fun, and I don't have an opinion about it necessarily either way. It wasn't Sue Bird this time, but people definitely were like, yo, why y'all dogging Sue? I was like, come on, you know why? Like she she got them ankle snatched. And then they were like, oh no, you got to look at the tape. Like she stepped on, she was tripped. And I'm like, listen, listen. It's just like, I will to this day say that that Michael Jordan shot, he pushed oh boy out of the way. But that's nobody talks about that. Just like nobody's talking about Sue Bird stepping on somebody else's shoe. She, she got them ankles snatched. You really look at it. She tripped over her own foot. She sure did. She that's sure why did. She fell so hard. Like when somebody. Yeah, she was already shifting. Yes. Yeah. She, she was, was even if she hadn't stepped on Wheeler, which I did see an angle. I was like, oh, okay, but I don't feel any different about it. You absolutely right though. Her weight was shifted. She was gone. Yeah, she she was gone. gone. She was gone. She gone. What's over there? nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, yeah like yeah. like she yeah it was done it was a wrap but i just think it's interesting people are like yo don't be dog and see her like that i was like she'd be all right she got all that money she'd be all right <laughs> i think i think the um i ain't gonna lie like so i think the wnba twitter community they thoroughly enjoyed that one because <laughs> you know yes. how it is but the you know we talked about it before we press record about how they market just a couple of players and, and everything like that so the WNBA community the Twitter community <laughs> they enjoyed it everybody oh, I enjoyed it yeah. Yeah. I was like red I was like I, red on oh. Friday I was like red on Friday I was like I saw the tape you kept rounding <laughs> it I saw the tape <laughs> y'all see that y'all see that yo i think it's good though like sometimes yeah, yeah. we're gonna get caught out there and now everybody got a camera everybody got all these different angles like it's just yeah. gonna happen it is yeah. just gonna happen yeah like um the the first move of, of the season though that got everybody in disarray was when um skylar diggins smith put that move oh hit her with the with the with, with Steve Smith used to with do the that Smitty. Move. Smitty, yeah, the Smitty. Ooh. That was nasty right there. That was nasty. So dirty. Dirty. There's so many uh. good players. Hey, like, before we get out of here, right, it's just so many good players in this league, and, like, I'm here. You know what I mean? k said we support, and, you know, we normally cover NBA stuff, but we're actually not covering NBA right no more. We're actually – putting all our focus into women's basketball and helping grow this game, man, because it was hey. fun. Like, like I said earlier, I was a – um. A practice player for the fever for many years the year they won the championship i remember like me and lynetta okay. kaiser i even shouted her out and i was like that's the strongest basketball player i've ever went up against male or female lynetta kaiser is the strongest basketball player i went up against tamika catch wow. one of the most competitive 
um elena larkins too me and her used to have battles you know <laughs> and mind you my playing weight at the time i'm 6'4 about 275 my playing weight and um i remember i got the rebound i'm running full speed and then uh brianne january takes a full charge for me like i'm talking i'm going up for the layup and she just took a full charge for me and i was just like oh okay you all right she was like let's go my face i'm like oh, okay and I always tell my friends every time when we used to go to these practices, because I was, they, you know, they always wanted to bring, you know, more guys and stuff like that. I'd be like, hey, in about three hours, you're going to, um, you're going to respect some women's basketball. You're going to have a whole new appreciation for women's basketball. Gonna learn the date. You're not going to go in there like, you're not going to go in there like, oh, these girls. No, no, no. These are professional players, man. I remember yeah. like, 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 like Shavante Zealous was on that team. You know what I'm Yo, saying? Yo, all right. Before we get out of here, though, you got to like set the record straight with some Shavante Zealous because, you know, I'd I be watching her in New York and I'm like, Yo, Shavante, if you're not like about that basketball, I feel like she's the type of person that might legitimately make people cry. Like just what was coming out of her mouth. Like, cause, cause she'd be like, bow, and you know, like animated. And I'd be like, you know what? I respect that. But you talk to some, some people like that and they don't know that that's your game mm -hmm. mentality. They might flip out. <laughs> it was, she was like that in practice and she talked so much. I'm sorry. Excuse my language, man. She talks shit. And I'm like, I was there. I loved it. So I was there right there with them and stuff. And how I, you know, I'm, st I'm still playing professional at that time. You know what I'm saying? So this is my off season. So I'm setting the tone right along with them. You know what I mean? All right, come set the screen. Come bring it to the screen. Boom, let's go. <laughs> it was it was fun. It was. I it love was, that. It was really fun, you know, playing basketball. Like I remember um, one of my friends, one of my best friends, he was a data player, um, uh, Victoria McCauley. And Victoria was trying out. And like, it's so different when they train together and then is a professional setting. I'm like, yeah, she busts his ass all week. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. I love you telling those stories. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I do it because, you know, when, when, when we're seeing tweets, anything women's basketball, there's always men speaking against it. They're always rebuttaling with something. Oh, they don't make the money. This. The marketing thing is that. Who cares? Just support the damn product. It's good. Please, that's all you got to do. Like, you, you, you're you, talking about, you, you, you talk about it like you have a solution. The solution is support. Buy stuff. Um, that part. You know, stop asking for free stuff. You know what I'm saying? Hey, like, come on. Hey, let's make, go. Hey, when you make my size stuff for Black Rosie, I want to pay for it. You know what I mean, by the way? So, <laughs> all right, no doubt. And we definitely going to make it happen. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, nah, but get supported. Buy the stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, don't ask for, don't ask for free nothing. No free tickets. Support, like, the revenue matters. You know, and say the goddamn names right. <laughs> if you can Woo! say, if you can say that Giannis <laughs> and Tetacumbo with no problem, or Mike Shashesky with no problem. I was just about to say that. Let's you go. You can say Michaela Anyanwere. Yes. You can say Astu Nu. Come on. You can listen. You can say it. You can say I don't it. Care what you say? They even <laughs> getting first names wrong, like Amanda. Like Amanda. <laughs> like come on. Now on the graphic at that. Who that? Or uh, Natalie Achamwa, they botched her name on the ground. I was like, yo, come on. That's crazy, man. It's, mm -mm -mm. it's crazy. Like the W is, is just so much fun. And like, I grew up around women's basketball. I'm from the same neighborhood as Shamika Holswell. You all right? You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen Shamika Holswell. Like my brother played in the league for 18 years. I've seen them go to the park, look up to her. 
I've seen it firsthand and like women's basketball is, is amazing. Like I used to watch, I used to go to, to Manhattan on West 4th street to watch Kid Vaughn play when she was in high school and stuff like that, to see Epiphany Prince play. They was on the same AAU team, Exodus, you know, I, I love, I, I'm a big, big fan, big fan of women's basketball. And then like, this is like my thing of just like, you know, trying to give back is like, you know what? Cutting NBA out. I'm going over to the WNBA women's basketball. Yeah. Actually, going to try to follow it. Let's go. Euroleague basketball and stuff. I got to see that team with Brittany Griner, Stewie, and John Crow on the same team. If, it feels I told KDOT. I told KDOT this. I don't care if they win the whole thing and they and if they lose one game this season is a disappointment. That team should <laughs> not losing. They should not cheat code. That's a cheat code. <laughs> That's a cheat code. And also, like other um players, like um the Japanese point guard. And from the Olympics, the one mm. I was getting on listen, I want to know where she's going. I've been trying to find, I don't know where she's going. I don't know if she's going to play in a country or not. I think that she's a WNBA player, to be honest. The way she set that table and she just passed and she know how to make the right play. You just run. <laughs> listen, 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 I would love to see the next evolution of the WNBA mm -hmm. return to a strong passing league. Mm. Sometimes I'd be like, did, did they... Did the bounce pass go extinct and nobody tell auntie? <laughs> auntie, I like, like, did we forget how to do an entry pass? Like, like these are kind of like simple, simple, simple things. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to go back to basics. And I want, I want some Becky Hammond, Tisha Penichero. Like, that's what I, those, those are the types of games that I love. Obviously, I am, I am anti-positionless, but if you must, it can be positionless two through five. Get you a point guard. Yeah. Get you a point guard. And that's, that's <laughs> a great point that you made because, um, like I say it all the time, women's basketball is the most purest form of basketball you can play, you know? It's the, the most purest form. Like, I always want to see a team run a triangle offense full-time. Mm. I just think that, you know, it'll be it'll be amazing to see and, and, and everything. You're not going to get the, you know, whatever everybody be wanting, the donks and all that other stuff. No, you're going to get pure basketball and stuff. So I definitely I definitely agree with you on that. I definitely agree Let's with you. Let's go. Worked yeah. out all right for, uh, what's that team? Uh, Golden State? San Antonio? Yeah. Mm. Did they they did all right, right? Yeah, they did. They did pretty good. Just passing the ball and stuff, having a point guard <laughs> that can do their thing and stuff. But hey, you know what I mean? Hey, I, I don't know. Who, I don't know who's Steph right now in the W or stuff. But you know, what I mean? that might be. Yeah, yeah that's different, right yeah. there. You know. Well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, before we get out of here, I want to say thank you, Erica, for for you know joining us and and stuff like you know plug your stuff. And let us know like where the the listeners can you know catch you at. Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, thank y'all. Uh, it's another great conversation. So we just gonna have to keep this rolling. Now that y'all are in the family, you know, we gonna have to make it work. And, you know, see, like my New York comes out when I talk with y'all. That's what I like. That's, that's how you know it's comfortable. <laughs> but uh, you can find me on social media at elindsay08. That's on all platforms. It's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. Zero eight, um, and also look out for. I can't speak a lot on it, but there's going to be an activation coming up with the playoffs. Is going to be dope, and it's just another way um, and another company taking um, the WNBA or placing. I want to say it this way: placing the WNBA where it should be, 
And so look out for that. Auntie's a part of that with a few other people that you'll know from WNBA Twitter and and whatnot. So that's that's gonna be a good time. Yeah, that's that's dope. And I wish you much success on everything that you're doing and stuff. Hey, listen, you have supporters over here. You know what I'm saying? You're more than welcome to come back on the show anytime you want. Just say, hey, you wanna come on this week? We got you. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, with that being said, man, yeah, thank you for listening to the WNBA show uh, brought to you by 265 Media. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 265 Media. Also, the WNBA show on Instagram and Twitter as well. For Erica, KDOT, I'm Daniel Artes. Love is love. Peace. Mm-hmm.